Hi, everyone. This is the Love Your Career podcast. I'm Lauren Severus, CEO of Love Recruitment and Love Care Recruitment. And the aim of this podcast is simple. We want to give you the best advice from industry professionals to help you grow and love your career. We want companies to be able to take guidance on improving their recruitment process and for individuals to pick up knowledge, hints, tips of how to progress their career. We do this by letting our guests tell their stories. Thank you for listening. Truly, we hope you learn to love your career. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Love Your Career podcast. Today's guest is the fantastic Aaron McCulloch, CEO for Your Personal Training. Um, the best way to describe uh, this episode, it's a great conversation. Honest, real, and true with a with a real industry expert. Uh, we couldn't have had such an expert on PT and not spent some time picking apart some of the challenges and opportunities that our industry face. And there's some amazing examples and guidance that Aaron provides. Um, he covers his own career, his journey. He describes as having three careers already. Um, talks about the importance of mentors, which is an amazing advice. We're going to some really good depth there and some really good guidance for both PTs and operators in the sector today and how they can handle and be better at personal training and how to make it a better part of their business. So hope you enjoy. Um, hope you really, really enjoy the episode. If you've liked Love Your Career so far, you'll like this one. Thank you. Welcome to the uh, Love Your Career podcast, Aaron. How are you doing? You okay? I'm very well, thanks, Lawrence. How are you? Really good, thank you. I'm so, so excited to have you on. So we, our businesses know each other really, really well. We've got to know each other well um, in recent times. And um, the knowledge, the expertise, particularly around certain elements of the industry, yeah. the overall industry knowledge that you're going to bring today is really, really exciting. I know someone listening to this today will pick up information that's helping with their careers, with their journey, and perhaps even in more specifically, that the, the PT side of the sector. Yeah. So, really excited about today. Yeah, awesome. No, me too. Um, I'm kind of, yeah, like I said, I don't know how much people are gonna learn, but maybe, <laughs> hopefully, just one thing will be good enough. <laughs> Let's hope so. I have no doubt whatsoever there will be. So, in terms of, to, to kick off, mm. we, we tend to always kick off with the same question. So, it's the Love Your Career podcast. Have mm. you loved your career so far? In this sector, yes. Okay. Um, I think I've, I've kind of said before that I've had, I, I think I've had multiple careers, like, mm. you know, even starting at 15 in McDonald's and then kind of leaving, going into the armed forces, coming out, and then even within the fitness industry, I've probably had three or four from being a personal trainer, going into mentoring, management, and then obviously what I'm doing now, I don't really see that as one career. It's yeah. kind of multiple iterations I would think absolutely and to, if you don't mind you gave so that's an amazing overview give us a bit more detail about that journey probably more particularly this this industry one but talk us through your journey yeah. up until today so I became a personal trainer by accident um, because it was part of a you know I, I damaged my body quite a lot and I was like you know what, I'm going to learn to be a personal trainer learn how to take care of myself a little bit more and ended up doing a course and I was down in Wiltshire for sort of 12-13 weeks um, and as I was doing it, became quite interested, started to quite enjoy it a little bit. And obviously when you start training other people, you think actually I might be able to do this as a career. Um, and I actually left 
a couple of days within my my course um, that I wasn't supposed to not supposed to be there, but I wasn't to go for job interviews and literally got the first one that I went for, which I don't think that says a lot about me. I just think they were desperate at the time to get people in. Um, but yeah, I finished my course on a Sunday and started working as a self-employed PT at Fitness First on the Monday. Um, and then it's just gone from there. So it's been yeah, 15 years, be 15 years in November okay. since I started that. And talk, talk, to, us, talk to us about your, uh, about YPC, your personal training. Um, so your personal training is, I actually joined them about 18 months after I, I started as a personal trainer. Okay. Um, so, you know, I joined them in 2009 um, as a PT, did that for several years. Yeah. Um, and then as the kind of company grew a little bit, there was like mentoring positions that came up, management positions and stuff like that. Um, so I kind of progressed through that. So ultimately now the, what your personal training does is still very much the same in terms of, you know, management, recruitment, support and development of personal trainers, things like that but it's just 50 times better than it was when I first started, which it should be by now, but ultimately, <laughs> you know, you, you kind of always look back and go, well, I wish I had that when I started, and well, actually, we can now do that for people now, which is a nice, nice thing to do. Okay, so how did you go from the progressing from being a mentor, being a manager within a business, to becoming a CEO? Um, so going into management and things like that was literally the first one, Someone kind of left. I was like, well, I can do this. I'll step in. I'm, I'm actually, I think I could do a better job than him, actually. So give me a chance. Um, the second one was, I th you know, a role that I thought the business needed but didn't have. So I created it, presented it to the owner at the time. I actually spoke to the, the other managers that were in my position and said, look, what do you think we should be doing? This is, you know, the economies of scale wasn't kind of taken into account at that time and we were very stretched. Everyone liked it. I even, put the salary together, which was just like, well, I need this money to be able to go and do this. Um, and did that job for a few years. And then we, obviously then COVID happened in March uh, of, of 2020. Um, I should have stayed in San Francisco. I should never have flown back because a week later we went into lockdown. Um, and it's much nicer over there than it is here. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, you know, gyms are about to, to kind of reopen. I think we got an announcement. They were going to be open on a Friday. Um, and then an opportunity came up um, for I think what you described as an MBO mm. um, with myself and, and James to um, buy your personal training. Um, and we took it. Nice, amazing. Um, was, it as was it as simple as that? You had the opportunity too and it kind of came that way or did you present that as an opportunity first or? Uh, no, it kind of came out of the blue really. So the, the existing kind of owner and MD was just like, nothing to do about it anymore, the world's going to cave in, like fitness is never going to recover, all this kind of stuff. Um, and James and I actually went, we can do this on our own, we'll just do it as a bit of a whatever. Um, and then we we spoke to our now business partners, um, Jamie and Simon, they had a couple of ideas and said, look, this is what we think it can do. And you guys are actually, you know what you're doing, you know how to run it, do you want to do this together? Um, and we just took it. We just took the opportunity, it was there and we haven't looked back since. Which is my next question. How's it been since? Uh, stressful um, <laughs> is probably like the nicest way to, to put it. Um, you know, there was a lot of, we had a lot of work to do um, in terms of obviously coming out of COVID and obviously because we operate in like Wales, Northern Ireland, Scotland and England, nothing was ever the same. And we then went into like the other various lockdowns we did. But since April, 2021, it was less stressful. 
Um, we still had a lot of building to do. We had to develop the team. We had to bring more people on, develop yeah. new systems. There was investment that we needed to make as, as well. Um, but now it's a lot less stressful because the infrastructure is far wider and deeper than it's ever been just from, not even just from a people perspective, but also from you know CRM systems and you know kind of clients that we're working with relationships that we have with other people the partnerships that we've developed obviously yeah. with, with the likes of you guys as Absolutely. well um, and that's made our life uh, a hell of a lot easier to the point now where we can start looking at other things to kind of improve further what we're doing okay do you if, if my sense of a strange question to bring up this point but if, if you feel you've changed quite a lot since since those times have you learned more about yourself during that time yeah massively um, <laughs> Yeah, I was. I probably had a very two-dimensional management style. I okay. was either really nice, or if you messed up, I'd tell you about it. And but I would then help you fix it, um, and kind of maybe try and lead by example a little bit. Um, but that's the interesting thing about having business partners. Nobody is exactly the same, and you can pick things up from other people that you quite like and go. Do you know what? That worked quite well in that situation. I'm going to take that, and you know, maybe I'll need to dial down this element. Um, Whereas I think it's a lot more balanced, but you know I think sometimes you still have to have the ability to do what you need to do at times. But you know there's a lot more, there's a lot of different ways to do things mm. than maybe you kind of first expect when you go into owning a national company that you've worked at for 13 years and never you ran businesses, but like it's yours, it's yourself. It's not you're not looking after other people and things. It's very very different and. I always say that holding people, and I've been told this many, many times, it's unfair to hold people to your standards because they're fairly unachievable nine times out of 10 for you, never mind other people, and it's unfair to them. Can you give an example? Obviously without naming name, names or anything, but so I think that's um, a really good point. Yeah, so when, obviously the, the, the team that we have now that do the jobs that James and I were doing, um, we were at, that sounded like it sounded a particular way, but we were bloody good at it, um, and we did a lot, um, and we were never taught anything. We never had like mentors or anything like that. We just sort of like like the recruitment stuff that we have now. I picked up from recruitment companies because our owners had never worked in recruitment. I was like, surely there must be a better way of doing this, um, and it took years to do and put together. And I'm like that's just maybe my personality and James has done very, very similar things in other areas in terms of support and retention and stuff like that. And we were doing it for five, six, seven years and we were like, well, we've taught you how to do this. You've been doing the job for a year. Why can't you do all of this stuff? So in our mind, it can be kind of quite frustrating. Yeah. But then you realize actually, give them until year seven and if you taught them well enough, they should be miles better than you bloody were. Yeah. Um, and they've got a huge advantage. Nice. Couple of questions about what you mentioned earlier, if that's okay. You mentioned about the the creating the role, the the, the jobs mm. that you and James did. How, how did you do that? How did you go take the point of going right? This what this business needs is this. Mm. That's an idea to then the JD exists, the salary now exists because you dictated what that was going to be. Yeah, yeah. What, what's the gap in between? What sort of journey did you did you go on to create something that then launched became what well, became powerful, but then launched within the business? Yeah. So. It was it was out of frustration and you know as we were growing it we were getting more and more and more and more stretched to the point where I'm very 
I'm very data driven and quite analytical about numbers and stuff like that. So if I had, you know, I went an entire year with a personal trainer not leaving an entire region. So I was like, nobody's leaving. But then I go and take on another region, another one, and I'm like, I can't replicate this. And I think I was working between Southend and Preston and living in Norfolk and looking after 80 gyms worth of PTs. For one individual, that's quite a lot to take. So I kind of took a look at other businesses, not even necessarily in the same sector, to like, well, what would what would they do? How do they operate? How do they kind of manage this? Um, and then almost just came up with an additional layer. Um, I was like, well, actually, it's going to take two years to train somebody to do the job that I'm doing. So why don't me and James and you know the other guys in the same job, we'll do the difficult stuff that's taken years to get good at and the easier stuff that we can coach someone to do quite quickly, they can then manage that element. And it just, two and two sometimes just makes four. So you, yeah. you were able to leverage those parts of your role to those, which enabled you to then do the part of the job yeah, that basically, we actually really need you to do. Get rid of the crappy stuff we didn't want to do and give it to somebody else. This, this, <laughs> that stuff this still needs to be done. Yes. You, you end up creating yeah. the job that the business needed you to be doing yeah. for it to be able to grow. Yeah, and it took, I think I discussed it for 20 minutes and it was like, okay. Wow, and that was, and the next conversation was, what title do you want to give everybody else? I, I couldn't care less, to be honest with you. I just need help, <laughs> and yeah. this is how I think we need to get it. And I've spoken to the other members of the team, and they need the same help. Yeah. So it just made sense to do. So the, the leadership of the business at the time clearly were open and quite flexible in terms of how they run the business at that point. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Okay. A, cu- a couple more overall things, and I want to talk a little bit more about almost. The PT side of our industry. Mm. I was going to phrase it as the PT problem, but um, we, we, we made depends speak. who you speak to, isn't it? Exactly. But before I do, an overarching question of the why, if someone does something, I was on a podcast recently from, from Mark's podcast, who was, who was on ours recently, and, and I unashamedly stole this question from him. But what's your why in terms of running this big business now? It's growing. It's going really well. Your presence in the industry is growing, growing, growing. What's your why? What keeps driving you as a person? I think initially, um, I, I have been told before that I have um, an inflated sense of, of value and responsibility. So I take on responsibility of others probably more before I actually then take, you know, kind of maybe care of myself and all that kind of stuff. But in, initially it was, it was almost like a first amongst equals. It was like, well, if I don't do this, nobody else is. And then we're all fucked. <laughs> basically Um, because if I don't do this then these five people don't have a job and then those hundreds of personal trainers don't have what they need and they're going to end up going somewhere else become a a kind of just another statistic like you know we kind of always talk about and um, the industry widely talks about um, but never does anything about it Um, and then you know James kind of felt the same way so it was like well we kind of we almost have to do this Um, but now it's more again if you know we want to go into you know new areas and we think right you know we we don't have any gyms in this area we need to go and get some because otherwise we're letting those personal trainers down because they're going to go to another facility and they're going to end up leaving in six months because they're not getting what they need yeah um and it's just we like to and we're very good at fixing problems that we see in front of us and if we feel we've got the skill set to fix it then we will go after it and Great. Do it basically. So that's the why for the initial kind of MBO times. If I'm, if I'm mm. right in understanding that, well, what about what about yesterday? What 
what keeps you striving to keep wanting to do the great job that you guys do? I'm extremely competitive. Um, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I always have been. I've been involved in team sports, individual <laughs> sports from a young age. Um, been around people that are competitive. Um, you know, if people drink a lot, I'm competitive in drinking and eating and anything else like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's competition. Um, I think stretching myself to see what else I can do. Um, I, I have this, I don't know, sometimes it might seem a bit strange, but I have a belief system that nobody is special. So if you can do something physical or if you can learn something, so can I, so can you, so can anybody else. It's just whether or not they actually have the, the drive or the discipline to then actually go and do it. And obviously we have all these, there is truly, truly special people that can do things that nobody else can. Um, but in general, I just think, well, if someone else can do it. Mm so can I and I might be able to do a better job so application hard work you can pretty much get to where you want to be yeah exactly okay because I'm nice. I've, I've always said I'm not the I'm not the brightest candle but I will burn longer than anybody else and that's why nine times out of ten we get to where we want to be and I think sometimes whether it's personal professional careers people starting businesses stuff like that they tend to give up right when they're about to get what they want yeah and if they just burned a little bit longer, they would get there. Okay. How important has other people's influence on you and mentorship been on you in your early career, so middle of the career and mm. even to this day? How important has that been? So I think until, until recently, until we, we kind of came in with the, with the MBO with, with your PT, we'd never, I, I definitely have never had like a, a careers like mentor someone that I can directly kind of go to that was 10 15 years further down the line than me that I could kind of go well, I wouldn't mind doing their job like what do you do how yeah. do you do it is there things that I should learn and maybe get better at um, and obviously I think I mentioned before I didn't even know what an MBO was three years ago but I did one with the help of these, <laughs> yeah. you know the, our other kind of business partners and there's a lot of things that we've learned since that you know I kind of talk about with other people and things that I've learned and they're just like they go cross-eyed because like, oh, I can don't know what that is and I'm like well actually you maybe need to go and speak to somebody that can help you with that um but I've had I think in, uh, kind of thinking back in my kind of fitness career after the personal training side I felt held back to a certain degree so that kind of there's a lot of frustration that comes with that yeah um and then sometimes self-doubt which I think can be quite harmful absolutely um but then you know more recently it's you know if I need something I'll know exactly where to go and get it so yeah. you know I, th I think we did some um, you know we, we got someone coming to approach us last year about doing some international recruitment and things like that and I was like never done that before picked up the phone to Abby I was like alright mate <laughs> <laughs> anything I should know is there any laws that I'm going to be that I need to be aware of things that I can't break and I jumped onto that call after didn't I yeah so like, how much should I charge them um, but yeah so there's things that you can and I guess when you get to a certain point in your career you have got access to those people yeah exactly um but i think also people would be very surprised at how open people are if you say look if you just got like just message them on linkedin and say look I want, I've, I've got this thing if you can i just have 10 minutes of your time and make sure it's only 10 minutes and you'll pick something up from somebody that is 10 15 20 years further down the line that if you take one thing out of it that might change your entire outlook on something which yeah. is an important thing i couldn't agree more i think that self-motivation 
hard work, application you spoke about earlier mm. is obviously integral. That, but that, yeah. that gets you to the point and you should never ever lose doing that. You yeah. get to a point where you need guidance, you need other expert opinion. Even if you're a generalist, you need that expert opinion to get you yeah. the knowledge you need to keep on learning, keep on developing. Yeah. And I've learned that more and more over, over the years. And I, 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 st- I do more now than I've ever done it, I think. We, yeah. we spoke about example earlier, didn't we? Yeah. Before we started recording about some advice I got that's helped shape to be not so expectant upon myself all the time what's going on. You yeah. can reflect and look behind you sometimes yeah. um, to see what you have achieved. Yeah, and that's that's advice that you know, has come from come from our business partners. They were just nice. like, lads, look how, just have a look back and look how far you've come. So important. Because we don't think about it. We yeah. go, right, that job's done, boom, let's go to the next one. We'll celebrate for 30 seconds and then we'll, we'll disappear and, and maybe not, you know, I think you mentioned earlier about maybe not being so present yeah. at the time that you yeah. achieve something and maybe celebrate those successes because you're thinking well that's the 10 year objective we're trying to do it in 3 years so we have to keep going to the next step and, yeah. and even this year we're launching a few things in the next few weeks and we're already going well that's pretty much done now so we need to get on to stage 2 but we should be like celebrating that we've got stage 1 completed and yeah. it's on time and it's better than we thought it was going to be and it's going to be more better it's going to be more supportive for everyone Um and yeah, I, I would say probably in the only last year I started doing that. Mm. And I think what, the one point I want to make sure it's not lost in that as well is you mentioned about it's a, you can just ask. You can just ask people yeah. and you'd be amazed how many people give up their time and I'm very happy to yeah. do that. The example you gave is about international equipment, you picked up the phone to Abby, now Abby's in your yeah. network, you were able to do that. Yeah. And your network changes and grows and evolves over the years. Yeah. But you're going, people will have those people around them. If they don't necessarily end up well, they can reach out. Yeah. We live in an age where you can reach out to most people yeah. and you can ask and people will want to help. 100%. And I think sometimes even within an organisation, you don't feel like maybe you can go and, well, I wouldn't mind doing that person's job, but I'm not good enough, or maybe I don't have the skills to do it. Well, ask them what they do. Work out what you need to do to develop to do that job. Um, and it's something that it, you know James and I are kind of acutely aware of now. So even when we've, we've just taken on some new personal training managers and we've got, you know, we don't have anything to do with the recruitment element of it. It's not, not our job to do that. But at the end of it, I was like, well, I'm going to jump on Zoom with them and I want to talk to them about our expectations, but also tell them that if they do need something or if they do get stuck everyone else is around them like don't feel like you're going to ask somebody a stupid question because I guarantee they asked me and James that and we probably asked that 10 years ago as well and we kind of seem like the expert now it's just that someone else gave us the answer absolutely and then we've had the experience to then maybe develop it um I think it makes them feel a bit more welcomed it makes them feel a bit more at ease and perhaps that you know the guys that sit at the top as it were are not so unapproachable yeah that if they do want to learn a skill it's like well I want to get better at this what should I do so I will go and do this and actually go and speak to Ollie or James or whoever nice um, and pick that up today's podcast is sponsored by share the love share the love is our way of making a difference for every placement we make with love recruitment or love care recruitment we plant 50 trees to find out more head to our share the love section of one of our websites. Right, let's move on to talking about the, some would call it the PT problem that mm. we have in our, in our, in our sector. Get comfortable for this. Yeah, right? I, think, yeah. I think it's a good thing. Right. I just did as well. <laughs> I obviously used to work for a sportsman many yeah. years ago and even then we, used to, we were talking about how tough it was to recruit and retain PTs in the business. Yeah. Flash forward, 12, 13, 14, wherever it is, how, how long have we been in recruitment? 
and we're still talking in many circles about the same problems of mm-hmm. PT, PT recruitment, PT retention. Um, yeah. there's, there's probably no one with as high a believability score as you mm. to talk about this in yeah. the sector. Why do you think that pro- those problems in retention and recruitment still exist? The, the black and white answer is to the vast majority of operators, gym owners, stuff like that, personal training is something that's like way, way down the list. Um, and quite frankly, it comes across as though people don't really give a shit about it. So it's almost like they're dispensable. Um, and it's probably because they don't really understand the impact of a good PT culture what retaining a PT for several years can do for their membership, for customer satisfaction, um, for their bottom line. Um, and we, we do often, I mean, we, we get contacted by operators, whether they're kind of single site independents or whether they're national chains or whether they're international chains and things like that. We ask some really, really simple questions um, in terms of, you know, the first thing is like, do you know what your PT penetration rate is? And like, no. Okay. Well, there you, you're not paying attention. Like, we think we make some money. Well, let, let's delve into that a little bit more. Um, turns out, actually, you make a loss every month in your PT department. That's not a good start, first of all, anyway. Um, and that was—is that quite common? It's not understood that they're actually losing money. Oh, it's like ninety percent of the people we speak to. Um, some might be making. You know, we're talking. If someone's got like twenty, twenty-five clubs. I did one last week where I worked out they were making maybe a thousand pounds gross across 25 centers. Wow. Um, and we, like my local gym probably does more than that and it's got you know 300 members and they've just got a bunch of PTs in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think a lot of people as well don't really understand the true cost of staff turnover and, and recruitment. Um, I think I've spoken to Abby before and said, can you actually dial this down for me? Like how much does it actually cost a gym to get a gym instructor for a personal trainer for a duty manager because it's something that I would like to show them in black and white from somebody who is an expert in recruitment that knows how to cost these things up um, and yeah very quickly um, we kind of identify where the gaps are where the problems are where we can normally make the like a really fast big impact um, I think the biggest thing that is holding the industry back and it has been for years and we've we've said it multiple times is uh, ego and self-preservation talk some more a good example okay <laughs> so, yeah okay so i, I won't I'll, I'll never name names because i think you should do that privately never publicly but where things have always been done this way yeah um or that's a problem yeah and it's quite an old way of thinking um, and it's quite a two-dimensional way of thinking. Well, it's it's not broken, so don't fix it. Like it, it might not be broken, but it's pretty crap. Yeah. Um, it, it's not good. Where's the sense of self pride, or you know, the pride in the business having a you know a particular, um, you know, particularly strong kind of PT model? And there's there's lots of national brands out there that are well known. Um, everybody will know who they are, whether it's their owners or because they have adverts on TV and stuff like that. There's an assumption that what goes on is like from the outside it looks great, but I would say for ninety percent of those brands, we've been phoned, emailed, sat down with their CFOs, operation directors, you know, the heads of you know national fitness chain stuff like that, and we've sat down with them and gone, they know it's a mess. We 
can dig into it and see it's an even bigger mess than they think it is. Um, mess is probably a strong word. Um, but that's the only thing I'm going to think of with that. Um, and it would probably take a year to fix. It would take us a year to fix um, yeah. and to get right and to kind of right the ship a little bit. But if it's going to take us a year, it's probably going to take them three, four, five. Um, because, I mean, for a, a, a good example is there's there's several national chains that have like hundreds of gyms. Their infrastructure for managing gym instructors and PTs is smaller than our team just for London. Wow. And you think, well, there's the first problem. So we have the resource, the infrastructure, obviously the the partners in terms of recruitment and yeah. you know everything else that we can do to help us. We've been doing it for 15 years. Um, we have a plan, we have a process, we have you know eight steps that we follow for every, every I won't go into them because they're quite boring. Um, <laughs> but there's eight steps that we go into and we know it's at a particular lead in time, there's a launch time and everything else. And yeah, it, it just kind of shows you what the issue is. I made some notes as I've gone, hope you don't mind. Yeah. So it feels like some, some of the advice you're given, because if, for a company facing a PT problem, the first step feels like, and please stop me for any point, it feels like you need to understand what the problem is first. You need to understand the metrics, the finance, the data. Yeah. Does it actually make any money? What's, what's happening? Understand yeah. what the problem is first off. Mm. Prioritizing it. So once you prioritize it, you put people to understand the massive impact it can have yeah. on the areas you said about, on the bottom line, on retention, on, your mem- yeah. on member enjoyment. So you've yeah. got to prioritize it first and then have a longer term mindset about it. Yeah. Is that a, is that a fair summary? I'd say so, yeah. It's quite simplistic, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'm a simple guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It makes it easier than me waffling for 10 minutes. <laughs> so that provides a framework for, for business to go forward. From what you've seen, and I'm, I'm sure the question is absolutely not, how can you possibly simplify it this much, but is there a typical model of, a, of the PT model a company can have that would be the optimum way that company could, could have it as, for example, an employed one, shared shared prophecy, whatever it might be. Yeah. Is there an ideal model you think works? I think there's there's there's, there's two that we that we use. Yes. Um, and we use them because it's what people want. Yeah. And you have to give people what they want. Um, so the vast majority of, of PTs in this country, I think it's like eighty three point something percent, are in one way, shape, or form self employed. So. To put it into you know for, for gyms that have an employed model there's quite a lot of them you're all going after 17 percent of the market the vast majority of these are probably already in jobs they don't want to leave because you're probably not going to pay them as well you're knackered already yeah like step one you've you've kind yeah. of you've failed and normally when we've kind of spoken to those it's like well this person doesn't really want to change it the owner likes it done this way and this and like, okay fine no worries you know we can you know we've we've been asked to do some consultancy before as well to try and you know make it more efficient make it more proficient make it make it more money for one um create a better service um and we've been able to do that but it's not like a long term they're like oh can you do it for three months i'm like it's gonna take a year to get what you want but everyone wants it done quickly they want now um they don't want to spend any money um which is where we're quite useful because we are a like zero cost operating model for someone that wants to work with us so we don't charge any sign up fees or anything like that ongoing we do everything and and do it on a a revenue share with them um but yeah so we run the self-employed model and then we work in partnership with 
I'd say about 60% of our gyms have employed staff that can be self-employed off shift, but they can still benefit from everything that we do with our full-time self-employed PTs. Yeah. And there's, there's not one thing that is remotely different from them. Nice. Those are the most popular, um, especially now. You know, the last few years, people want more freedom, more life balance. Electricity is expensive now, isn't it? Um, so obviously they want to earn more money, um, and you're not going to earn more money than taking 100% of what everything you get paid for, um, and then making sure that you know the rental and all that kind of stuff is is fair and just as well. Can I ask what might be a, na- a naive question? Hmm. Is do you think it's in the from a self-employed point of view that's in the 80% hmm. because that's what PTs want, hmm. or is that because of what an operator's what the operator prefers? So, i.e., do you think there'll be more people employed if there's more employed jobs? Do you think actually? I think, yeah. See what I mean? It it will depend, but I think knowing business owners and and obviously gym owners and stuff like that, they prefer control. Self employed people do not give you control. It's, you know, if we go into um, an operator that's got, um, you know, a self employed model already in place and they're maybe not quite happy with it, um, their first thing is like, you know, no one's on brands. We don't. We don't know what the standards are. Um, on average, we'll go into an operator that might have an existing PT model and staff, and anywhere between nineteen and twenty six percent are not even qualified and insured to do the job that they're in place for. But they've been hired yeah. by somebody who probably should be fired, but won't be. Um, but that person's maybe not been educated to understand what they need to be looking for in terms of qualifications and and obviously insurance and things like that, um, and the liability on hurting a member when you're not insured and not qualified is quite high um, and quite expensive um, but the first thing is it's just like look there's there's no continuity there's no there's no uniformity there's no minimum standard of service we don't really know what it is um, and we do bring that level of control in while still allowing everybody to be self-employed um, develop get better um, feel more supportive and give them the things that they need so we do a job for the PT which is always our kind of first thing because if you look after them they'll look after your members yeah um and then the operator's happy because they actually have someone looking after their pt model that they never had before yeah let's talk about a, a pt's a pt's journey their career mm. journey a couple of bits of advice from you if i may ask mm. for those starting and, and getting going with, mm. their, with their with their PT career, how what sort of advice would you give them to get going? And then, mm. if you don't mind, advice for those who are who already are a PT and having a career yeah. to have a successful career. Yeah. So for any PT, they only need to be good at three things. Okay. Programming, business skills, which could be like communication, you know, organisation stuff like that, and nutrition. One thing I would I always say that 95% of the stuff in my books that I learned as a PT, I've never spoken about in my entire life. You know, I've had the odd conversation about um, pronatory muscles on a kettlebell swing, but I always remember that because the lady was a vet. She wanted to know because she knew about all that kind of stuff. And I've kind of had surgeons and nurses and doctors and stuff like that that will ask me questions. The vast majority of people do not care. As long as they get the result and you kind of can explain it to them in layman's terms and they go, Right, I just want to get fitter and still have a bottle of red wine on a Saturday. Yeah. How do I do that? You can explain it to them, but you don't have to go into the granular detail of it. So I wouldn't worry about going into it too much. Um, and, and obviously having a high level of service is quite important. Actually caring about the people that you deal with, it's not going to take up that much of your time. Yeah. Um, 
job-wise, don't take the first one that you're offered. Go around, play the field a little bit, kind of see what's available. Um, I've often told people to have like a scoring system. So we might start with the person that you met. Nice. You know, what were they like? What was their background? Is the facility any good? Are you actually going to be able to turn up every day or is it a 50 mile commute and you don't have a car? Um, saying that, we've had people before that didn't take jobs and it was a mile and a half round trip and they had a bike. Mm. They were like, that's oh, too far, I don't want to travel. All right, good luck with your life. <laughs> that's good luck with that one. Um, but it, it's very, it doesn't have to be over complicated. Um, and even, <coughs> even when we're, you know, our team are interviewing people, we're that confident, we're like, oh, I've got an interview over here, I've got an we know what they're going to say. This is what they're going to tell you. This is what they're going to offer you. And this is what's available to you. They're like, okay, yeah, great. And again, I always say you should never take what somebody says as, as full value. But then when they go over there and it's almost verbatim what one of my team has explained what they're being offered, they come back and go, yeah, you were right. You know, mm. the support was, you know, what, what kind of, you know, coaching and support did he offer you? How's he going to develop you? We said, oh, you know, I can, I can have his phone number. I was like, God, we can do that in a bar on a Friday night. I don't need to like, work somewhere for someone to give me their phone number and help me. Um, what was their background? Well, they were a PT for six months, so they didn't make it. So after six months, you've surpassed them. What potentially can you learn from that individual about running a PT business? Um, and I think this kind of comes back to when we kind of talked about mentors. They need to find somebody that's been there, done that, and been very successful, if not, you know, at least successful um, and we we kind of have that in our management team so everyone from myself and James the PT support managers the regional directors everything like that have all been successful long-term self-employed and employed PTs over the last 15 years and there's not many places that you can say that that has that from top to bottom nice it reminds me of um, we spoke about it before we started recording about the book principles by Ray Dalio he talks about having a mentor or somebody learning from you want to make, make sure that they have been successful yeah. in the thing you're asking them to advise you about yeah and that, that was a critical thing for him and that's clearly what you're saying now yeah well. go and go and speak to a PT that's been successful that's been there or if you can even during the interview process just like message a PT that maybe works for the company if they've been there a year and say it's not that great there's two things for it they might be like I don't want another PT to come in this gym and take money away from me yeah. or it's genuinely not that great either way it's a red flag yeah and you probably want to look elsewhere and the, the options are limp like there's so many okay moving away from PTs for just a little bit mm. um, coming back into more the general influence on you for maybe a books or podcasts or things that you listen to that mm. have shaped you as a leader and as a professional are there yeah. any books that you'd, you'd point people towards or podcasts you point people towards yeah so the, the, the main book that I've kind of maybe read and, and obviously recommended to people that um, run a business or are starting a business or anything like that is one called The Lean Startup. So big fan. That's, that's more about innovation and, and kind of how to validate and improve your ideas through experimentation. So whether that's for us, whether that's the recruitment element that we're doing, whether it's the uh, obviously we, we've just uh, last year opened uh, an education wing with uh, Simpson and Active IQ, so we're now doing that as well, or the kind of management side of the business, we're always looking at ways where we can maybe try and get that extra one percent, because that's where we're at. After fifteen years, you're not going to get fifteen twenty percent in the next three months. You have to kind of go yeah small step by small step. Um, and we've tried things. <laughs> we went. We tried to go into software. That didn't work too well. 
Um, and I've been advised by everyone in software not to go into software. And I was like, well, I'm just going to do the opposite to what you say. Um, but you, you learn things from that and yeah. you experiment and you never do it again. Um, or you try a couple of different things. So we've, we've tried, um, you know, what roles and responsibilities should we give a PT support manager? So we tried giving them a job over here, a job over here, and they're responsible for that and soon realized that that job takes a lot longer to learn. So let's keep it nice and simple and we'll dial down that role still pay them the same yeah. but we'll dial down that role and just give them a bigger scope to work at and we did it for three or four months didn't work that well and then we brought in this newer version and it's gone really really well because we've kind of this is the skills that those people have so let's just make that better rather than trying to teach them new stuff which as you all know if you try and teach somebody recruitment who's never done it before in their life or even been involved it's a bloody nightmare. It's, rough, um, yeah. it's really, really difficult to learn and takes a long, long time. That's, and that's one thing that most of us don't really have. I, I absolutely second The Lean Startup as, as, as a mm. book. It's a book that I read a while ago as well. And we find ourselves talking about it um, consistently over the years, more, yeah. even more so recently, because of the concept you describe about the minimum viable product. Yeah. You can test new services, new products, new ways of doing it by designing a minimum version of what that could be yeah. and start to test it. And very yeah. quickly you can establish if something's gonna be a success or the indicators certainly. Yeah. If it's gonna be successful, you can kind of move on and go, well, that's a bad idea, wasn't it? Yeah, but and that hope it's not too expensive. Exactly, but, but <laughs> that's the whole point. If you create, yeah, sometimes an MVP can still be expensive, mm. but you, you put yourself in a position where you can learn quick, get an immediate, yeah. quick feedback loop that tells you what you need to know about yeah. whether that's actually got some legs or not. Yeah, yeah. Thoroughly recommend that book as yeah, well. Awesome. Are there in your, in your career so far on your on your way up through the journey from being a PT to, to the business to run your own business? Have you or can you identify consistent traits in those people that you deem to be really good at what they do or successful? Biggest thing is willingness to learn. Okay, like actually them either doing it themselves or coming to you for advice. Um, and and we. We kind of, you know, obviously when we're training somebody or, or when we're kind of talking to somebody about uh, recruitment and what element and what things they're looking for and what questions to ask, it is always to try and identify if that person has a willingness to learn to get better or have they come in thinking they know everything. You know, we've, we've had personal trainers that have been in the industry 18 months that have then gone, right, I want to, I want to change or, you know, apply for your personal training, great. Um, and we asked them about their background. They're like, I've been doing it for 18 months. So I pretty much know they're open to this and know. I'm like, I still don't know everything there is to know. And I've been doing it yeah. 15, 16 years. And I have, I'm still, in, I'm, I think I'm a moron. So I'm just like, I need to learn stuff all the time. I don't stop learning. Um, and you can see that pretty quickly in people. Um, and also understanding what, again, what we said earlier, what their why is. Yeah, absolutely. So on, on our application, one of the quick things you have to fill in is, why do you want to be a personal trainer? Nice. And the ones that fill that in you have to fill it in quite quickly because you just want to get it done and get it out of the way you can do it on your phone and stuff um, there's a there's an honesty about it because they can't really think about it too much and it's very interesting the ones that end up coming on board with your PT the vast majority of the time if they're a successful PT and they've been with us a long time they've filled that in and it's not been oh, because my mate does it or because I played tennis when I was younger and I'm quite sporty so well, that's not really a why. Someone might have a complete journey that they've gone through themselves and they had a PT and then became qualified and continuing on their own kind of health and fitness journey. Well, like, well that person's going to be an inspiration to 
this many people yeah if they can willing to kind of push themselves and keep going and keep learning they're going to be an amazing personal trainer and whatever else they decide to do afterwards amazing last couple of questions if i may mm. if you were to ask for people to take away one thing from this conversation you've spoken about you've given mm. so many great tips and guidance throughout this podcast so far mm. what's the one thing you'd want them to write down at this point one thing it's probably one thing yeah there's probably a few things wrapped up into one yeah I think at the minute there is a ton of opportunity um, there's lots of jobs and lots of opportunities um, you know whether that's kind of starting a business or anything else like that just back yourself go and be an absolute savage like it doesn't matter who if you're already in an organization and you want to progress and there's a job coming up um, you know maintain your values maintain your own standards do what you want to do push yourself to do what you want to do don't f you're, you're gonna upset people right in my opinion who cares yeah you know as long as you're not doing anything that's going to damage your values or your standards or you know you're not doing anything physical to somebody that's going to upset them and ruin their ruin their day but you know if you if there's a bunch of you all going that you know each other and you're all going for the same job who cares like you want to get that job you want to go after it yeah um do what you do to do to get it learn develop speak to who you need to speak to and just keep going because 95 percent of people are going to give up and that's when you'll still be left at the end and they'll have no option <laughs> but to, to do and give you the job that, that you're going after um, or if it's even just starting a business or anything like that just do it nice. spend the time on it get back up a little yourself. bit earlier back yourself 100% which is what I wish I did more when I was younger um, yeah just be a just go out and be a savage just <laughs> do what you need to do love it legally Last question to ask you, <laughs> emphasize the legally part. Last question we always ask all our guests at this point, it's the last question we always ask. If you could recommend another person to come on to Love Your Career podcast, you think would add value in the context of what you know this podcast is all about, who would you, who would you ask us to invite? I think a couple of people you've already had on actually, um, people like Dan Jones, I think yeah. obviously it's very, very interesting kind yes. of background and story and stuff like that. Okay. Um, you know what there's there's quite a lot of interesting people um i think phil horton's career is very interesting and i feel from what he was doing before yeah. what he's doing now what he's trying to do and, and bring in um yeah and even you know some of his team that is working with everybody's got different backgrounds and yeah. it's, i think it's quite interesting how people end up doing what they're doing and it's sort of linked to what they were doing before but maybe not so much and it's just how and why they've gone from what they were doing before to what they're doing now because um, you can see there is a purpose and understanding their why in a bit more detail I think so he'd be quite an interesting person to I know hear. I know Phil well I, I, I yeah. concur with that I will definitely reach out to, to, to mm. give him a call I will, so, I will mention your name <laughs> don't thank you <laughs> thank you so much for your time I wish I, I wish I could talk more I have lots of questions I, I couldn't even get to yeah. but thank you so much for your time and um We'll see, we'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you very much for your time and thanks for having me and hopefully someone takes two seconds of something out of this they can actually go I, and use. Absolutely no doubt that'll be the case. Thanks, Aaron. Lovely. Cheers, thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast um, and hopefully you took away 
um something from the episode aaron said right at the top he hopes people get just one thing um i'm certain people have found a lot to take from that so my three things as normal that i've taken away from that Firstly, I loved his point about the common trait of successful people is a willingness to learn. I could not agree more. It's something I, I spend a lot of time trying to keep improving and keep learning. I completely agree with that. I think everyone can learn from that. The importance of mentors uh, and, and finding people to invest in you along the way. And the last um, is his knowledge and his deep understanding of the PT product in our industry. And there's so much for both operators and personal trainers can learn. This is the Love Your Career podcast. The point of this podcast is simple. Listen to leaders, their stories, and improve your career.